0: alright so let's uh, see how many screws we have to access to get into this thing shouldn't be too many it's not like it's built particularly well this is the Anko mixer so the Kmart one Um so we need to find somewhere to put the tracker in there so I think we could drop it in there. I think that'll work. It just looks like the internals of a, of a mixer. Cool, let's do it. Let's I, wouldn't, I wouldn't know that's a tracker.
1: Perfect. Hello, and welcome to Consume This, hosted by me, John Duffy. That's Paul Smith and our producer, Tom. Paul's the Consumer NZ Product Test Manager and the brains behind the journey we're about to embark upon. Currently, they're in the Consumer Workshop.
0: This screw is really hard to get back into its little recess.
1: Well, I say workshop. It's a smallish airtight vault in the basement of our building here in Wellington. It's not somewhere you accidentally want to get locked in. In fact, before we filled it with tools, it belonged to NZ Customs, and they used it to store illegal drugs, and they maintained an indexed library of confiscated pornography. In another life, as a young customs officer, this co-host Sophie Richardson used to watch said pornography and decide if it was obscene enough to make it into the vault. Anyway, at the start of the year, Paul came to us with this question. Hey guys.
0: What do you think the stores do with all those faulty kettles and toasters and mixers and small
1: appliances that we take back to them? If you've ever tried to repair a small domestic appliance, something like a blender or a vacuum cleaner, you'll have an idea of how hard it is. It's incredibly frustrating. There are no repair guides, there are no spare parts available, and if you take it to a repair shop, they'll probably tell you it's just not worth it. This is one of the reasons e-waste is one of our fastest growing toxic waste streams. We generate more than 20 kilos per person annually. And roughly 60% of that is small domestic appliances. Now big manufacturers, they get hundreds of faulty warranty returns every week. That's a lot of stuff. Unlike me, they can't just shove it all at the back of the cupboard with the vague idea of dealing with it some other time. And just as a sidebar, I do have two broken vacuum cleaners in my garage that I do need to deal with. So what are they doing with them? If they're being repaired, well, it's not obvious where. And if they're not, then where exactly do they end up? We asked some manufacturers, but none of them got back to us. And that doesn't bode well. But hey, you know, maybe they were busy. They've got businesses to run after all. And they've got lots of new products that they need to push. And so, Project Mixer was born. We bought a selection of GPS trackers online, and Paul headed off to Briscoes to buy a Breville stand mixer. Hiya. Hiya. Yeah. Cool. So that one is four
0: four nine ninety nine when you're ready. Awesome. and that's your Lovely. One.
1: Thank you. We bought it midweek, so it was full price. Full price? At Briscoes? Tammy will not be happy. We also grabbed a Kenwood mixer from Farmers which set us back 520 bucks in a sale and a couple of own brand offerings from Kmart and the warehouse. They clocked in the cheapest at about 80 bucks each. By now you should really be able to see where this is going but just in case you're having a tough day we've fitted the GPS trackers to the mixers now we're going to return them to the store and watch where they go. Over the next two episodes, this journey takes us out of Sophie's Consumer Porn Dungeon and on a four-month appliance chase across the country. We have metal bins.
0: The service provider for the collection of those bins is on Nielsen Street. And so this tracker might be stuck in one of the bins. If they're faulty,
2: we just
0: chuck them out in the bin we write them off and they go out. Yeah. Oh, it's got a GPS tracker in it. Oh, we'll find it pretty quick. So I'll show you where we where we last got a signal. Yeah. Was it there?
1: So we're in an industrial part of Seaview. The business at the rear is uh, what looks to be reclaiming parts. There's a fridge. I was hoping that one of the guys from work hadn't thought they'd be
0: cheeky and pinch a bloomin' dough mixer or something, (laughs) and they're driving back and forth. (laughs) I mean, Breville thinks it's going to landfill, but in reality, we aren't moving that to landfill. We're moving it through our contacts. I started out filled with hope but you know
1: it's just a disappointment that's all still to come for now the trackers are fitted and the receipts retained there's just one thing left before we can return them into the wild
0: all right so let's create a fault so that's nice working. I might just unplug it before I,
1: before I start messing around with the uh, internals it's probably smart probably smart We need to create some actual faults in these mixers. We'll look pretty stupid if the person at the returns desk plugs them in and they actually work. Now, this shouldn't need to be said, but absolutely you should not be taking apart any appliances whilst they are still charged or plugged in. Consider yourself warned. So, that,
0: I think if we just take that connector off, it's actually quite hard to get this off. (laughs) There we go. So if I try again, that should not work. It's broken. Well, it's an easy fix. You've just got to shove it It's out. an easy fix. If you looked at it, you'd see that that cable's just come off and you could um, repair that at no cost, other than the time it takes to undo five screws and take the top off.
1: The faults we created are easy to fix by design. Something that would take under five minutes and require no spare parts or significant expertise. Paul's pretty optimistic that all these mixers are going to be repaired. I have to say I'm a bit more cynical, but at least we've made it easy for them. Well, that is except the Kenwood. We had every intention of fitting the tracker, disconnecting a wire, and making our own fault. But the second time we turned it on... Way, that doesn't sound good. Ironically, this was also the most expensive mixer. Take from that what you will. The Kenwood wasn't the only thing to break. As we were preparing to return the mixers, my four-year-old Fisher and Paykel fridge freezer had a meltdown. Literally, there was water on the floor. We had a spare tracker, so we thought, why not? So, um, So what
0: do you want to do?
1: Well, let's have a look
0: around and see what we can do with the tracker. We can put the tracker in, in the case, or we can take it out of the... Yeah, thinking of the process, if they are actually going to recycle that stuff and clean it up, this bit won't be touched. Right. So maybe we get it behind in behind that, that panel. panel there, put that panel back, and, right. you know, and maybe the last thing they'll do is they'll rip all the plastic out, and then we'll just see this being destroyed with plastic. Might be the best
1: way. Okay, shall we rip these shelves out? Yeah, no. take
0: the shelves out and let's see if we can get that. You haven't even cleaned out your um, veggie tray, John. Well, that's for them to do uh, The fridge hadn't broken. I'm glad to see your veggie tray looks like mine as well. In my um, still in use fridge. That came out. (laughs) (laughs) I think that'll fit in there and then we can put this thing back over it. That's a great idea. Perfect.
1: And with that, Operation Icebox was a go. Now, even a cynic like me expects a fridge to be, at a minimum, recycled. But will it be? The track is primed, now we'll just have to wait and see. Back to Project Mixer.
0: Over there. Appliances?
1: Yeah. Our day of returns started off at Kmart. First up, the store manager.
0: There's no way, rather than exchanging it, because I'm quite happy to take it apart and have a look inside, but if there's anything that needs replacing, I need the bits. But Yeah, uh, yeah I wouldn't know in
1: what time you get into it. That bit might be more than $69. I know, yeah, I guess. You need the mass assembled. So yeah, let, let's just uh, get you a voucher. That confirms what we already know. There's no way to get spare parts for the mixer, and even if there was, it wouldn't make financial sense to repair it. He then passed this off to another store assistant to process the voucher.
0: Okay, yeah. cool. What's, um, what's likely to happen to these that come back? Do you... Um, um,
2: if they're faulty, um, we just chuck them out in the bin, we write them off and they go out.
0: Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all good. Awesome, and thank you. you.
1: Well, that was blunt. No one's going to be repairing this. Neither of them even opened the box to check what was inside. We almost wanted to ask for our tracker back but a quick scout around the back of the store revealed the presence of some recycling bins if it makes it into one of those then sure it's not as good as repair but it's not the worst outcome either the first thing we see when we enter the warehouse is a big sign above the returns desk which reads repairs and exchanges but again we were informed that there was no way our mixer almost brand new easily fixable and in its original packaging, could be repaired. So that's the budget mixes. But what about the more expensive Breville and Kenwood ones? Over at Briscoe's, there was a bit more hope. They told us, it won't go back to landfill. Instead, a Breville rep will come and take a look. The GPS tracker is hidden stealthily in the base, ready to reveal its secrets. The sales assistant still didn't even open the box. That changed at Farmers. They even plugged the Kenwood mixer in to confirm that it was, indeed, broken. Whether that's their regular diligent checking, or Paul looking a bit sifty, it's hard to say. And now we wait. None of us have ever stuck a GPS tracker on a stand mixer before, so I'm not sure how long it's going to take for the action to start. And it wasn't long. The very next day, Paul runs over excitedly to announce the Kmart mixer is in motion. We watch it cruise around Seaview for an hour, before it turns north. It ends its trip a while later at an art school in Lower Hut. Could it be destined for a second life in a student's waste-to-art project? Things are getting interesting.
0: Kia ora, and welcome to The Learning Connection. If you know the extension you are trying to reach please enter it now. For any other department or to speak to a TLC representative, please press six or alternatively leave a message and someone will get back to you as soon as possible.
1: When we got off hold, we were greeted by Jude, who didn't want to be recorded. I explained our predicament, but no, she was very clear. They don't have any official waste-to-art courses or a recycling program. (sighs) So that theory's off the table. And the tracker hasn't moved. It's still showing up in the art school. Producer Tom jumped in his little car and drove over to have a look around. The school is a cluster of buildings in the middle of a little forest. It's totally covered in murals. Unbelievably, it's also unlocked and completely deserted and there's no sign of our mixer. The red dot on our GPS app indicated that it was around the back of the building. Turning the corner reveals some bright red waste management branded rubbish bins. The same brand we saw outside Kmart. A quick peek under the lid reveals that they're empty. Tom has another scout around, but our mixer is nowhere to be seen. It's not at the school, and the tracker is no longer sending us a signal. Disappointed? he returned to the office armed with a new theory that the mixer and its tracker had been crushed in the back of a waste management rubbish truck. We didn't have to wait long to confirm the theory. The next day we got pinged as the warehouse mixer went on a familiar tour around Seaview before sailing past the art school and right into the middle of Silverstream Landfill. And that's it. The almost brand new warehouse mixer has gone straight into the ground. It'll remain there, slowly leaking toxins for centuries. That's a bit of a slow start for their much-touted plan to divert 90% of their waste from landfill by 2025. I wasn't really surprised, though. This is exactly what the people at the returns counters told us would happen. Paul, on the other hand, was devastated.
0: Ah, yeah, so I started out filled with hope that everybody would do the right thing and repair this stuff. But, you know, it's such a disappointment that, that we saw the warehouse within a day, two days, take our mixer and just throw it away. It's frustrating we didn't track the Kmart version as well. Um, it looked like it was heading all the way to the landfill, but ultimately we just can't be sure. We didn't want to leave Kmart with
1: room for ambiguity, so we went again. All right. We grabbed a new mixer.
0: We need to uh, mixers, mixers, mixers. Can't be far
1: fitted another tracker
0: so that's not going to go out anywhere. We can turn it upside down and check. It doesn't fall out, so it's good to go. and returned it, this time to a different store. I've got a return of a faulty mixer. Oh, okay. So what
2: was wrong with
0: that?
1: There's nothing at all with the
0: power on it anymore. Oh,
1: okay. Now we had a good idea it was going to landfill, we hatched a plan and got in touch with David Down at Porirua City Council. They operate Spicer, the nearest landfill to our new Kmart store. We arranged a visit, aiming to time it so we were there when our mixer arrived. Sadly, Kmart's unbelievably efficient rubbish disposal beat us to it. We returned it on Thursday morning, and by the next afternoon, there it was, right in the middle of Spicer landfill. We hadn't planned our trip until the next Monday morning, making it seriously unlikely we'd be able to find our mixer amongst the rubbish. As a mildly entertaining alternative, we watched the GPS signal get shunted around the rubbish pile for a couple of hours before it stopped transmitting and vanished completely. We later realised these final throws were the mixer being tossed around by the giant bulldozers that roam the rubbish. So much for their corporate responsibility and sustainability claims. It doesn't look good for Kmart or the warehouse. Although I must admit, they operate a very efficient landfill system. I mean, Kmart managed to chuck two mixes into the pit before the Breville and Kenwood ones have even left the store. By Monday morning, word of our trip had gotten round the office. We arrived to a small pile of broken appliances, a massive heat pump, and the request we drop it off at Trash Palace. Trash Palace is an e-waste repair and recycling drop-off point. It's literally next door to the landfill. You have to drive past it to get there. That makes Kmart and the warehouse's decisions to landfill everything even more baffling. After our quick stop at Trash Palace, we rolled up to the landfill.
0: So, let's meet um, Brendan and David,
1: who are the, um, the managers here.
2: Yeah, hi, David. Down.
1: After a quick safety briefing Paul takes out his phone and shows them the final location of our tracker. Let's have a look oh,
0: so right. so we're down here so I'll show you where we where okay. we last got a signal. Yeah. Where's up there? How
2: deep would it up here now. be now? About three meters
0: right deep. Down, yep. Which is just why the signal is still showing that it's lost its cell phone so it will be be buried and not getting a signal out so yeah. it still thinks it's in its journey
2: well we're not going to see it if it's three meters deep are we no <laughs> but you could probably um indicate pretty much where that spot is up there that was whatever wherever the tip face was on Friday if the tip face was on Friday yeah. we'll know where that was and we can point it out roughly where it's buried
1: and so the hunt was on yeah. Okay. We donned hard hats and high viz. Brilliant. We jumped into the back of a ute. Oh wow, I've
2: never been in one of these, big Utes. <coughs> Sorry, it's a little small in the back. But... And
1: headed up to the tip face, determined to identify our mixer's final resting place.
2: All in? Thank you. Yep. yep. Okay, well, So did they offer to repair it or were you just saying it's faulty, can I have a new one?
0: They didn't even open the box. Wow, yep. They, um, for, for all they knew, I could have taken a, a mixer box back with a few rocks in it.
2: Right. So where do you reckon the um, blender is? The blender would be over in that far square.
1: Technically it's not a blender, it's a mixer. But you get it.
2: But it's been covered off, we were filling that up until Monday, and then we've moved down into this part,
0: so Friday's rubbish would be over there. So do you, the rubbish comes in each day and then you you cover it over most nights? Every night. night. Gets Every night. Over, yep. so. Wow. What
2: depth are we at
0: here? Uh, this is about 220 metres and we've still got another 20 odd metres to go up in height. So there's still a decent volume but I suspect looking at the amount that's just coming in while we've been standing here, it won't take long to fill that.
2: No obviously we're filling a lot quicker than we originally planned and uh, we'll hopefully reduce a bit but the way it's going there's more coming to the landfill than ever before. So this this area that we're filling now uh, we expect to be filled in 2026.
1: This is the other problem with landfilling everything. As well as being a huge waste of resources it takes up precious space. Space that's actually rapidly running out. Sure A stand mixer isn't that big, but it adds up. As we let that thought sink in, David spots something else.
0: There's a fridge. There's a fridge fridge we're looking at down there that's just come out of that latest batch um, that's now being crushed by those um, enormous wheels.
2: So effectively, once it's dumped by a truck up
0: here, it's just processed in
2: and covered and compacted and... More than likely not degassed. It's probably just been chucked into a skip bin by a person, brought up here in a truck, tipped off, and then just pushed out with the general rubbish.
1: At this point, we remembered Operation Icebox and glanced down at our tracking app in horror. But thankfully, no, it's not my fridge. Producer Tom wanted to head down past the fridge, round the bulldozer, and onto the rubbish heap. Despite not having a spade, there might be a chance to rescue our friend from Kmart. We
2: don't suppose we can go down a product, can we?. No.
1: <laughs> so that was it. Our mixer was nowhere to be seen, buried somewhere in an ever-increasing mountain of rubbish, a mountain that, ironically, sits next to Trash Palace, a building full of people doing their best to recycle and repair e-waste. Appliances, exactly like the ones Kmart and the warehouse, sent to the tip without a second thought. We mentioned this to David.
2: One of the hard parts about bringing in some of your small appliances into Trash Palace is they still need to fix that thing or clean that thing, put it on the shop and then sell it and then be able to pay for that operation. And that's very difficult to do when you can go to Kmart and pick up a new iron for 20 bucks. You can get a, a, a new electric jug at New World for $15. And those guys are finding it very, very hard. They're no longer competing with other similar outlets. They're they're competing with the retailer who is prepared to put an exceptionally cheap item on the shelf. Uh, So that's, in in effect, a, a disincentive for them. Now, our guys down here sell a lot of goods, which five or 10 years ago may have been very attractive. You can go in and buy something that'll still work for a couple of years and you've paid 20 bucks for it, well, you can go and buy a
1: new one now. Overcome with emotion, Paul decides our Kmart mixer, now 10 feet under, deserves a eulogy.
0: Our mixer had quite a short life. We bought it a week prior to taking it back. It was a simple fault to fix. It only needed a wire reconnecting inside if somebody bothered to look. A day after it went back to the store at Kmart in Pororua, it made a short journey, two, three kilometres... And it's had its final resting place underneath that big pile of soil I'm looking at over there, trampled into the ground by an incredibly interesting-looking
1: bulldozer. Rest in peace, Mixer. And with that, slightly disappointed, we head back down to the office.
0: Well, this is the first time I've um, actually been at the coal face of a landfill, and it's fascinating. You expect to see a whole load of rubbish, and that's what we've seen, but um, I wasn't quite expecting to see quite so many trucks arrive and um, watch it over the period of, what have we been here, about half an hour, see it fill up quite as much as it does. shows how much waste we throw
1: away. As we were preparing to head off, we asked David one final question. What does he think about our e-waste problem?
2: Yeah, if I was going to make a pitch, for example, to my council and say, here is a number of things that we need to divert away from the landfill, if i have being perfectly honest with you, electronics would not be one of them. It would be the green and organic and food waste that creates methane greenhouse gases, and it would be the construction and demolition material that is eating up all our capacity
0: and maybe the maybe the problem is that because it's not a problem at your end it's that stuff's falling through the cracks yeah nobody's really completely
2: open and it's like i said it's not one of the Mm. big things that we've got our eye on Mm. at the moment but on the reverse side of that i would have said that the um recovery of gold for example that's in the circuit of of every bit of electronic device should be easy enough to do
1: yeah look i could understand david's perspective He's really prioritising the problem as he sees it at his end. But it strikes me as absolutely bananas that we put so much effort into the extraction of the resources needed to build these appliances in the first place. We spend so much energy shipping them from manufacturing centres around the world to New Zealand only for manufacturers to throw them straight into landfill at the first sign of a problem. That just seems bananas to me. But also, if we take the viewpoint that money will solve everything, we're actually dumping a whole lot of precious minerals into landfill as well. The not least of which is gold. So where does that leave us? Within a couple of days of being returned to our store, our Kmart and warehouse mixes were buried in a big hole in the ground, under tons of other rubbish. No repair, no recycling, no hope. I can't say I'm surprised by this, but I am pretty disappointed. We should all be disappointed. The warehouse, in particular, puts a lot of effort into sustainability marketing. But when it comes down to it, they haven't delivered in this case. We invited them to come in and talk to us, but they weren't interested. They did send us a bit of a a non-statement.
0: We're investigating this incident further and are reviewing our processes as in this case we haven't gotten it right as the item may have been able to be repaired or recycled.
1: And as for KMA, Chris Foley, their head of energy and environment gave us a quick phone call. But they didn't follow up with any official comment prior to recording. Which is a shame because what we really need to know is why this is happening and what we can do to prevent it. We'll be exploring that more in part two. The biggest hindrance there
0: is that we can't resell that product. So if I was allowed to market that off to other stores around the country and say, hey, look, you've got a secondhand store, I've got a bunch of product for you. I could be shipping four or five pallet loads a day around the country, but Breville and LG will not allow that at all.
1: Whilst all this has been unfolding, the Kenwood and Breville mixers have been patiently sitting in store, waiting for their turn to get in on the action. And about four weeks later, That happens. Are they also destined for the landfill? Actually, no. They're destined for a different fate.
2: This is probably your one here. It says doesn't turn on,
0: looks in good condition. So you can actually export the products, but that line becomes very blurry. There's huge demand for these sorts of um, consumer electronics in the Philippines or Malaysia or Pakistan. But then you run the risk and the ethical conundrum We'll send it there, and then what happens to it? it goes to some unregulated landfill in the Philippines or whatever it might be, so it's a, it's a bit of a tricky one.
1: We'll find out more in the next episode, when we'll also go undercover to follow the trail of Operation Icebox, a.k.a. My Fridge. This episode was produced by Tom Riss-Smith and executive produced by Gemma Rasmussen. Our guest star and the brains behind this investigation was Consumer NZ test manager, Paul Smith. At Consumer, we've recently started the biggest change to our product testing since the 1960s. It's designed to help you buy appliances you know will last. We only recommend durable appliances that will work well for a long time by including measures of reliability, owner satisfaction and repairability. Repairability is tough to measure but we're committed to working out how to do it properly. We can only achieve this thanks to the support of our members. If that includes you, then thank you. If you're not a member, yet, you can sign up via the link in the show notes for full access to all our resources, advice, and test results. See ya. Hello, I'm Abby Darman, and I work in the campaigns team at Consumer New Zealand. I want to tell you about some of the exciting work we're doing here at Consumer New Zealand. Right now, literally, as we speak, we are working really hard to keep big businesses and our lawmakers in check. So we're currently engaged in taking on unfair retirement village contracts, misleading supermarket pricing, and dodgy green claims. To keep up this good work, we need to raise $50,000 before the 24th of September. So please, if you can... Help us to help others by heading to consumer.org.nz forward slash donate. Thanks so much.